Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. Hey everyone and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. What's up fam, Lucas here. I want to take a moment to announce a couple of things to all my new listeners on the podcast. Firstly, if you're looking to upgrade your brain function, whether that be through reducing brain fog, enhancing verbal fluency, improving confidence, motivation, drive, or even orgasm intensity, then check out my nootropics course, which can be found on my website at www.ergogenic.health. And you'll see at the top, it will say courses where you can use the discount code BYB15 to save 15% off. In addition, I also have a sleep optimization masterclass and a testosterone optimization course that can also be accessed on my website. Again, you can use the same discount code BYB15 to save 15% off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today, I'm joined in with Eric Levy, the founder of Holistic Nootropics. Um, today is going to be a very fun chat. Uh, we're going to be diving into various topics ranging from biohacking, gut health, nutrition, and of course, nootropics. So Eric, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Lucas. Thanks, man. Great to be here. Awesome. Eric, do you want to give my audience a bit of a, maybe share your journey and your background so they know like how you 
came about, you know, discovering nootropics. Oh man, it's a, it's a long and winding road on my way to nootropics, which is crazy because there's, there's such a niche thing, you know, it, it, I'm always interested in how people find nootropics because I think you have, there has to be something wrong with you, right? That you have to be a little off to be like, you know, I, I'm done with multivitamins. I want to try this weird ass version of thiamine, you know, <laughs> uh, I want to try some mushrooms that nobody's ever heard of. Um, my personal health journey is, uh, is kind of wicked, you know, like it, it all starts with me search, you know, like everyone wants to do the research, but I think so many people who get into this, it starts with me search, you know, you're like, what's wrong with me? There's something going on. And for me, it was, you know, probably about a decade ago. I've never had health problems, um, but I... Um, I had an incident when I was, a, was a broke stand-up comedian. I was living in my car. I was driving around the United States. Uh, and I ended up getting this really bad, um, uh, I had this really bad stomach issue that popped up and, uh, it required me to go to a doctor when I didn't have health insurance. Uh, the doctor laid me up on a table, gave me the three finger special up the old behind. And that kind of, that was like my first entry. I lost my innocence essentially. And that was my entry into this world of, okay, now you're turning 30. You got to start taking care of yourself. And so from that point forward, I was really hyper-focused on digestion. I didn't know how far this thing could go. Uh, fast forward a couple years later, um, my wife found this, uh, found this holistic, you know, nutritionist and naturopath doctor who they had this program. It was called Gut Thrive, and it was all about fixing your microbiome, like rebalancing your microbiome. And this was like, ah, like 2014, you know. And I don't know if you remember 2014, but nobody was talking about the microbiome. She told this to me, and I was like, "What language are you speaking right now?" And you know, if I don't think you're married, but when you're married, there's a there's a kind of underwritten rule where, with if the spouse the wife does something, then you do it automatically. Because if you don't, things are going to be not fun. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll do this microbiome thing. And it was like a bone broth fast. There was herbs thrown in there. And I, it just transformed my whole view on health. You know, up to that point, I was like your standard kind of like, you know, meathead, like, uh, you know, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do, you know, back and buys. I'm going to do tries and, you know, lats and I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to jog on the treadmill and then I'm going to eat some lean cuisines because that's healthy. And I'm going to eat, you know, the, the low, the low sugar cereal or whatever. And this gut thrive program was the first time, like I've, I've, I, uh, I noticed a difference not just in digestion, not just in the way my gut felt, but like my mood. Mm. Like, you know, again, I was living in New York. I was broke. I didn't have much going on for me, you know, as far as like stand-up wise. I was a tour guide. I was doing all kinds of stuff and things weren't working out well. And I was, I didn't have depre like full-on depression, like people talk about depression, but I certainly experienced like that mood, you know, and certainly experienced, you know, crazy amounts of anxiety. And, you know, when you're in the performance space and you're doing stand up or you're doing theater, any, any artist knows this feeling and knows the community of artists are some really whacked out people. And so I'm just around mental illness all day, every day, you know, and it just kind of became a part of the MO and it infected me. And I was always a really upbeat guy. And I noticed my mood, it just really started to, and I was living in New York again. And, you know, New York, you just have this baseline, you know, attitude of like, you know, hey, go after yourself. Right. And 
when I after I did this gut thing, I noticed like I couldn't I couldn't go there anymore. I didn't have that. I didn't have that like dark cloud hanging over me. It was like literally just everything transformed in my life. Um, and I don't, I, I hate to use the like the magic bullet um, analogy, but for me, it was as close to that as, as you can. It was just a visceral feeling of something had changed. Mm. And so I became interested in this idea of, well, what is this gut brain connection thing all about? And this is about the time when all of this research starts coming about coming out about the gut brain, the microbiome, the you know the um, the enteric nervous system, right? Like how your vagus nerve connects from your brain to your gut. Serotonin is made in your gut. Dopamine is made in your gut. GABA is made in your gut. And then you know I um, I stopped doing stand up and I got really into nutrition and health coaching. I became a nutritional therapy practitioner. Started working with people. Um, and then it's about the same time, like this kind of biohacking movement started going. And, you know, I, I was like, I, I, I really love working with people with nutrition. That's kind of like where I start from. But when you're in the biohacking space, then it becomes like these kind of crazy things, right? It's like, it's not just like, Hey, how can I be healthy? That's kind of boring. I got burnt out on like the diet wars thing. Like, I don't give a shit if you're keto, vegan, paleo, you know, if you're doing the South Beach diet, the, the Atkins diet, I, like, I just don't care. But the nootropic space is in, or the, the biohacking space is interesting because it's like, hey, anti-aging and then, you know, doing some wacky stuff, you know, uh, like wearing wearables on your heads and uh, sunning your balls, putting ice on your balls. I don't know why. It's just the, the whole thing just kind of spoke to me. And then I started to see these nootropics, right? Like things like lion's mane and amino acids. And I read this book called... Um, Things called the mood cure by this lady Julia Ross, and she's talking about how she would treat people with uh, amino acids, you know, who had serious problems. You know, she was talking about how she used amino acids to get people to stop smoking and get people to stop, uh, you know, doing meth and all with like certain amino acid protocols. And then you start diving into that more, you find, okay, well, now those are in the nootropic space. The the mushrooms are in the nootropic space. The herbs are in the nootropic space. And then you go, how, how deep does this go? And I started getting into all these nootropics groups and just looking at some of the stacks that people were putting together. And I find the nootropics community to be very interesting, somewhat off-putting. You know, I know you're deep into this. I would love to hear your thoughts on it too. But like, I don't mean off-putting in that I don't like it. I actually love it. I just find there's a lot of amateurs in there. A lot of people who don't know about health, you know, they're the, like, they're the, they're the Burger King and multivitamin people, you know, it's like, Hey, I took my multivitamin. I'm crushing, you know, a Whopper. I'm not sleeping. I'm drinking diet Cokes. And then they're like, and here's my crazy nootropic stack, you know? And then they're like, what's missing? And you're like, dude, you have 50 things in there. You literally just cleared out a GNC. I don't know what you could think you're possibly missing in this, I, I don't know, do you, maybe water, maybe try it. Maybe that's the nootropic you need is water. Maybe put a little salt in the water, you know? Um, and so that's why I created holistic nootropics because to me, everything is, everything in health is holistic. Everything, it, it, you can't have the brain without the body, right? You know, you, you can't have this optimal level of, 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 brain function, you know, unless you optimize your gut, optimize your metabolism, get your detox working, clear out your glial cells, you know, get your gallbladder pumping bile, you know, get your liver getting stuff going, right? And then and then movement, all this stuff. And and so that's that's what took me to holistic nootropics. And you know, it's it's growing every day. It's my baby. It's amazing, man. It's um it's so funny what you mentioned just then about the um 
some of those rookies that get into nootropics because I remember in the very early days when I was like really interested in nootropics, I was hanging out on the Reddit, um, the subreddit, Reddit R nootropics. And I literally just would scour people's posts and like think and just cringe at so many of them. Just like, what are you talking about, dude? Just like, just really random shit. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, I get it, you know, cause I'm actually with nootropics. Like I consider myself kind of an amateur too. Cause I don't, uh, there's so much to know, right? Like I look at your Instagram and you know, you're always blowing my mind with like, you know, Hey, here's olive leaf extra. Hey, did you know that it does like, you know, it can make your, your pinky finger like grow an extra inch. It's like, Holy shit. How does, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> And, and, and it's like all of these things, the, the science is out there and, and I'm always like trying to learn more about it because there's always like another compound. And then, you know, I think the thing that I find most interesting and, and you probably get this too, cause you're, you know, you're, uh, you have an actual science background is that, man, we're all just science labs, right? Like our, like we're all just, we're all just laboratories and we're just pumping chemicals in and you know, we're so disconnected from the actual biochemistry happening in our bodies at like the cellular level that, you know, you might take some L-theanine, right? And you might pair that with like, uh, you know, I don't know, some ashwagandha and then some some chaga mushroom. And then you throw in like a, a paracetam and then you got a modafinil coming in and you got a, a huperzine A and then, you, you, you know, you start doing all this stuff. And you never know like what, like what is actually happening inside your lab and what's probably happening because I see these people, they're like, oh, I tried, you know, somebody be like, hey, what do you think of rhodiola? And then you'll see 50 comments and half of them are like, that stuff sucks. It doesn't work. And it's like, well, yeah, because you didn't, you didn't set your lab up correctly, mm. right? You just like went in the lab and started throwing stuff at the wall. And that's just not how this, this whole thing works. Yeah. I love, um, at the start, you mentioned, um, this whole theory of like, you know, me search and like, you know, I really love that term because it just reminds us of the fact that we're so unique and like we have such individual makeups and like, um, in general, like conducting those experiments on ourselves, like they need to be in very controlled environments. And that's why like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in like self quantification or tracking and just, um, I think, like the biggest mistake that people make when they first dive into nootropics is literally what you mentioned about like, I've got like 50 compounds in my stack. Which one's not like, which one's working? They just don't know. Right. You have no idea because you're not running an experiment correctly. Like an experiment, you have to have a control. You got to have some sort of like setup. You got to know like, how does this pair with this? And then if I, if I tweak up the dosage, are you just jumping? Are you just taking like five grams of magnesium a day just because you're like, magnesium's great. Well, if it's good, then more is better. Let me just, well, Jesus Christ, just go to G and just go to the freaking health food store and just drop your credit card on the counter and just be like, give me everything. I'll take everything. I'm going to take it right here. Just pound it in your mouth. Dude, just sit there with a giant spoon and just start shoveling pills and powders and droplets. Just start snorting it off. The, why not? Like, why not do that? Because every single thing in these health food stores, every single thing online will yeah. have a benefit, right? And so, but you can't do that. And if, if anything I've noticed is that when I take the week, like I take the weekends, I try not to have any supplements. Like I put protein, I have protein powder because I put it in my smoothie, but like I don't use any of my, like my vitamins, my mineral, none of that stuff, right? And actually, like I tell on my aura score, I can see my aura score, like 
my HRV's up, my heart rate's down. I sl- somehow I get more deep sleep when I don't take anything. And to me, that's like an indicator of, oh, hey, your body likes this. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so it's, it's like you said, it's all individual and, uh, and it's interesting for sure. Yeah, Eric, let's go back to some of the things you mentioned around gut health. Um, I know that that protocol you went on was like life-changing for you. I'd love to dive deeper around like that, what that protocol involved and yeah, what you gained from that. So I don't remember the exact protocol. It was a long time ago, but the 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 keystone, the foundation of it was bone broth. It was a it was like a bone broth. Like it started with a bone broth fast, and um, so we got you know we got bones and you know man like I, I go back like I drink a lot of bone broth because we have you know we make bone broth is kind of like a part of what we do. It's a good base for soups and stuff like that. But you know I get weird with it too because I know it's got a heavy metal issue, um, but. I don't know, man. Like I just dig this whole ancestral thing so much that I'm like, there's got to be something there, right? Because because I I got the benefit of it at first. Like I was just drinking just straight bone broth for like three or four days. That was it, just bone broth, and it was so weird because I mean it was all I was, it was like have as much bone broth as you want, you know, but you can't eat anything else. So I would like be, you know, because I was doing comedy at night, so I'd take like these jars of bone broth. I'd be at comedy clubs hanging out. And, you know, I'd go do sets and then I'd just be sitting in the back, like drinking bone broth. People were like, what are you doing, dude? They're like, hey, you want to get some chicken wings? I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not really hungry. Meanwhile, I'm starving, dude. I'm like, stop talking about chicken wings. I'm just drinking this fucking weird fluid. Um, but um, so got through that. And then like the next part of it was uh, you could start having some vegetables. And then I think when you started doing that, like there was some herbs involved. And the only herb I remember was uh i believe it was like a clove maybe uh the one that's really detoxifying for the gut i think i think it's like a clove oil um and then uh, something like that oregano yes oregano yeah um and uh and then there was a wormwood component because that's supposed to be good i think for parasites and stuff Mm. um and there's people like there was a forum for it and there were people who were really jacked up like you know these people that have like serious gut health issues luckily like i didn't have a major one at least i didn't think i did um and um and people were people were raving about it um and so, so you know what that did more than anything? I was telling you about the mental health benefits, but I think even more than that, dude, it like changed my palate. Like it changed the way the cravings I had, you know, because you start learning about this thing of like, oh, hey, your sugar cravings actually come from bacteria in your gut. Mm. And I, like, maybe that's true. Maybe that's not, I don't know. But all I know is that like, from that point forward, like I don't crave candy. I don't crave like, like crappy, you know, sugary snacks. Now I have a sweet tooth for fruit, you know, and more like healthy, sweet stuff. But like, but like, uh, dude, a bag of Skittles that, that grosses me out, you know, like cake or like pot, like sometimes we'll go and um, we'll get like ice cream or something. And from like a regular ice cream place, you know, and just the amount of sweetness, like in that, uh, it, it's overwhelming to me now. Back mm. then it was like, oh, dude, sweets were like my thing. Like I had such a bad sweet tooth. Like, you know, uh, I would just crush like all the terrible like candies out there. I, I worked in an office for a while. So man, like Halloween rolls around and you got like, you know, Reese's Pieces, peanut butter cups and M&Ms everywhere. All kinds, like I used to dig that stuff so much. And now it's like, I have no, you know, no palate for it at all. 
Yeah. Um, it's funny because during the week I was um, doing a video on this particular herb that can block sweet sensation. Have you heard of Jim Nima? Um, I've seen it. I, does it start with a J? Jim uh, It's like, like a G-Y-M, like gym, like go to the gym. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, I've never heard of this before. It's like a... Tell me um, about it though. You, I, I, this, this is why I tune into your channel because you've got... I'm like, how many more substances are there? I feel like you're just going through the periodic table and you're like, okay, just give me the list of everything that's in in aluminum or uh, or boron. What everything that's in boron? It's so true, man. Um, yeah, the Jim Nema. I learned actually like a few years back. It's like a um, very well known herb in um, the Ayurvedic medicine system, so like Indian medicine, um, and it's called the sugar destroyer. Um, and so what it does is like, if you take it in tincture form, it contains like these gymnemic acids that like bind to the sweet taste receptors on your, on your tongue. And so it completely blocks sweet taste. So obviously I went ahead and bought some and experimented on myself and like literally just had like 10 drops on my tongue. And then I had like the, the most, what would usually be the most amazing tasting lint, lint chocolate. I had some, mm-hmm. and then it literally just tasted like fat. I was chewing it. I'm like, ugh, and I was like, I can't eat this. It's like a really, um, yeah. And then I looked into the research further, and then obviously it's now used to treat, um, you know, early onset diabetes and improves insulin sensitivity. And um, they're now using it in a bunch of uh, supplements known as GDAs, glucose disposal agents, in like the bodybuilding yeah. field. I think we touched that, touched on that in um, your your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I love this idea of glucose disposal agent. Now the thing you're talking about, like that just seems like torture, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like you're just like, all right, I'm going to eat this cake, but I'm just going to punish myself for it. I'm just (laughs) going to taste just like nothing but fat and starch. Oh, that sounds, that sounds awful. Um, but I love, I love this, the, 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 the compounds that like just make your body more sensitive to, to uh, glucose and insulin, right? Like that make it so you, so these things don't spike your blood sugar so much. Cause that's, I mean, that's an epidemic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about some other fringe nootropics or fringe compounds that you've either like seen people experiment with, or you've experimented with yourself. Man, you know, I don't know. Like I don't go too far out of the like mainstream. Like I don't have any real fringe compounds that I have. I mean, I have like, you know, like your standard, some amino acids, like I mess with the uh, L-theanine in, in the morning, the, uh, I, I, every other day mess with like the glutamine. I kind of go back and forth with like taurine, glutamine. Um, taurine, I especially love because I'm a big, uh, I'm a big gallbladder guy. Um, you know, the gallbladder just does not get the respect that it deserves. How big is your gallbladder? How big's my gallbladder? He said you're a big gallbladder guy. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, That's a, uh, yeah, got me there. Uh, I'm a big gallbladder guy in the sense that I got mad respect for the gallbladder. Me too. Um, Actually, me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets neglected. It gets neglected a lot. It's it's an organ that like obviously um, it pops up a lot in the digestive space, but then even like... Um, some of those bile acids that can be used like taurine and um, tutka can be so beneficial for energy like and just mm-hmm. general vitality. Is that what you notice as well? 
Yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, because my my baseline is is pretty active. You know, I usually have a pretty solid state of energy um, throughout the day. Like I don't really nap. Um, at night, I start to crash, which is like really what you want. Yeah. But I, I would imagine it's definitely doing something. You know, my dig it, it keeps my digestion straight for sure. Mm. Um, yeah. So and man, it's just crazy to me. Like that the gallbladder, it's this organ that doctors are just so quick to cut you up and take it out of you. You know, like the second people start having some irritation with it, it's like, oh, we got to get that thing out. Can I live without a gallbladder? Yeah. <laughs> millions of people live without a gallbladder. And they don't tell you millions of people live without a gallbladder and they're pretty miserable. Mm. It could be it could be quite a complicated uh, lifestyle to work around not having a gallbladder. Mm. Um Man, I just look at bile like just this. In, it's like your internal draino, right? Like it just goes through your intestines and it just clears out all the bad stuff. It binds all the heavy metals. Like you know, it's just it's just so necessary. So um, yeah, so I love taurine. I, I really do like um, experimenting with amino acids. Although because I eat so much like protein and red meat, um, like I, I don't I don't go too far. Like I, I love the idea of acetyl L-carnitine, um, but I don't take it because I eat I eat just so much red meat throughout the week, you know? Um, so I, I feel like it would be overkill. Um, I just started taking creatine because uh, I was taking that when I was younger, like when I, I was a real meathead, like when I was like 20 and I just like wanted to get the gym and get big or whatever. Um, and I started taking that again. I'm, you know, I'm kind of hot and cold with that one. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm always, I'm always looking for new stuff, but I, I, at the same time, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm at a good baseline um, that I don't want to mess with too much stuff, you know, that like, I don't want it to, to work against me, you know? Yeah. What, what would you say was like the, had the most dramatic effect on improving your baseline out of all the modalities like sleep, exercise, nutrition, like what do you think really moved the needle the most for you? Of all the compounds? Oh, just in general, yeah, like uh, lifestyle, uh, biohacking lifestyle. Um, uh, well, probably, probably diet, dude. Yeah. Definitely, definitely diet. I mean, being just, just, just incorporating, just not being dogmatic about like any one macro or food group. Like I was a vegan for a couple of years and I actually liked it a lot, but I gained, I got all of these like health issues that I didn't realize I had, you know? And um, I, I don't know. I, you know, it was just one of these things that it was, I like the idea behind it, but the practicality of it, it just, it's awful. You know, I didn't realize how weak my body had become. And then I started incorporating a lot of foods, organ meats, especially, um, you know, a lot of liver, heart. I love, uh, you know, good, it has to be good quality meat. You know, I, I know there's like not a lot of research that shows, you know, Hey, you can, the, the stuff they grow in the CAFOs is any worse than like, uh, you know, a grass fed grass finished. But I, you know, I believe that when you're not getting, meat from an animal that was raised not the way the animal is supposed to be raised, um, that it's far superior. Um, so, so yeah, so I think just incorporating a lot of red meat, a lot of organ meat. Um, did you ever go full carnivore, Eric? Or like, did I've you never gone full carnivore. I've never done full keto. I'm like really like paleo. I'm like really strong paleo. Mm. Cause I just, I just, 
I like carbs. I like good carbs. You know, I like, I like potatoes, dude. I like, uh, I like lentils. I like, I love bananas, man. I ate a ton of bananas. Um, you know, and I like on weekends to like have the freedom to eat. Like if I'm out somewhere, be like, look at the menu and go, Hey man, uh, like ribs and sweet potato fries. That sounds amazing, right? What's on the ribs? A little bit of like sugar sauce. All right, well, screw it. Yeah. Dude, what am I going to, why do I have to be so dogmatic? And I get there's people with health problems that have miracles with like the carnivore diet. Um, when people do that sort of thing and they're like, and then they start evangelizing it, you know, I always wonder just like, how honest are you being right now? You know, because we we can't. And how honest are you being with yourself? Because like when I was a vegan, man, I did not acknowledge the things that were happening to me, like skin issues, um, you know, fatigue. Man, I would go out and play basketball, and I would just get popped in the ribs, and my ribs were done for weeks. You know, um, I would go to the gym, and I was doing dips, and I would just pop this bone like right in the middle of my chest. Hence, hence the cravings for the for the rib, ribs. They, you know, eating the steak ribs. Yeah, dude, dude. When I fell off the wagon, off vegan, I fell so hard, man. Um, and you notice that too. A lot of people fall off the wagon of vegan and just go, just go hard in the paint with all the red meat. Um, maybe if there was like one compound that has made a, a, a significant difference, it's probably magnesium. Yeah, probably getting enough magnesium uh, because. Um, I mean, I, I switch between, I like glycinate, um, but then I also take citrate and, uh, three and eight. So, um, yeah, uh, nothing, I'll be honest. I have not found my, my formula for sleep though. I have not figured sleep out. That is like my, and it's like the older I get, the, the weirder my sleep gets. Like I, when I was younger, I used to be able to just sleep through the night, man. I slept through hurricanes. I slept in my car. I slept any, I slept on weird couches. Like it didn't matter. And now it's like, I got like a nice cozy bed. I got the blackout window. I do all the stuff. I put the, the red light, blue light blockers on, you know, I relax. I chill. And it's like sleep just gets really weird. So mm. that's, and, and that's the one where I'm like, okay, when I figure that part out, then then we'll be set. But you know, it's 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 ex- experimentation. Yeah, which um, which like GABAergic or GABA based nootropics have you played around with? I mean, like I said, I like uh, I do L-theanine. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I do L-theanine, but I, glutamine. Um, yep. so I do some glutamine. Um, what else do I have? Not too much GABA. Stuff. I'm, I'm just drawing a blank here on like my normal supplement. It's funny because I have so many supplements right now, and I can't think of <laughs> I can't think of what I what I take. I t- I've been taking molybdenum um, because I so I interviewed this doctor named uh, Greg Nye out of Portland, who is a big proponent of like a low sulfur diet for like a short period of time, and really. Um, he's a naturopath too, and he's all about. Uh, he he finds that a lot of people are sulfur sensitive, so you yeah. find a lot of sulfur in a lot of these, like the paleo diet, for instance, right? I mean, really, any healthy diet has a lot of sulfur. You know, cruciferous vegetables, um, <clears throat> meats. Uh, so I was like, man, maybe I have a sulfur sensitivity. So I started taking uh, some more molybdenum. Um, but really, I just try to get everything from food, to be honest. I'm like, the more I can get from food, the better. And, and I think because I eat such high quality food, like, and I'm, that's not like a brag. That's just like, I go out of my way to make sure I get meat from a farmer who like, 
I know exactly the farm that's coming from. All my veggies come from, uh, you know, from farmers too. It's like there's a small percentage of my food that that I don't know the supply chain, but I'm mm-hmm. getting all of these nutrients from these other things that if I go too heavy with some of these um, supplements that, uh, yeah, it could, I think it, I think it has a, a, what do you call it? Negative returns. Yeah. You know, what's really funny is um, the other day I was thinking about um, some of these experiments that I, that I want to run on myself and some of them that I've done in the past. And um, it's just crazy to think that like, I can literally induce a state of like extreme melancholy and just like flat mood and really sad and just deflated and low motivation by selecting certain types of food. And it can happen within a day or two. Like let's say I do have like a a binge out like on very high processed sugar or like just, you know, really unhealthy food. The next day, like it's, I think it's really tricky for people because, um, They'll think that it's something's wrong with them, but they just forget this, that the food itself can have such a huge impact on how someone feels. Like, have you ever like, has it happened to you in the past? Like, notice that like certain foods can really mess with your mood. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That that's like where I really come from the most is like, I don't think most people know what it's like to be at a ten. Yeah. You know, I think most people live their lives between and i'm i'm not mess like i'm not like pulling any punches here i'm not going to say most people well some people no no it's most people dude live between a 2 and a 5 and i'm being kind of generous with that on the 5 side because dude in america 6 out of 10 people have at least one chronic like one diagnosed chronic disease it might even be more than that like when you have a chronic disease that is serious shit you know like uh, when you're taking medication and then the medication compounds all of these side effects. And so most people are walking around at a two to five. And so they don't know, like the feeling that you just described, I know that feeling exactly, right? Because I try to live at a 10. Most days I'm, I'd say I'm somewhere between like a seven and a nine. There are days where I hit 10, but you know, it, it's hard because you, when you're living your life and you're busy and you're doing stuff and you're, you know, trying to blow up your YouTube channel and you're going to school and you're doing all this stuff, it's like, it, it's a lot to deal with. But I know what it's like to be at a 10. And when I'm not at a 10, when I'm at a eight or seven, I'm like, okay, I feel it. When I go out, when I do like you said, and it's like Saturday nights, my night, go out with the wife, we go get like a nice dinner. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get a drink, dude. Uh, you know, I've been getting into old fashions lately. Uh, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll smoke a, a little dupe or two, you know, and maybe, maybe who knows, like I'll have some ice cream, right? Or some French fries that are cooked in some bullshit oil. Well, the next day I'll wake up and I will feel that too. I'll feel that three. And I'm like, this sucks. But I think when you live in that, when you live in two to three and you have no idea what what nine or 10 feels like, it's just normal. It's just normal to wake up and like just live in this haze, right? And start your day like, oh, I cannot get out of bed without a Red Bull. I can't get out. I cannot get out the door with a few cups of coffee, right? Uh, And then you go, the first thing you go to, it's like a high carb like you know muffin or a bowl of cereal you know or something and then you drink some more coffee some orange juice you know man it's just when you think about the amount of just bullshit carbohydrates that are in breakfast food like the amount of sugar that people start the day with right like you're out of the shoot like the morning that's your time to shine that's when you're, you're just so at least me like i'm at peak right 
and then you just crash it, right? Yeah. And then, like you said, like for me, it's like I'll have like a, a thing of ice cream and some fries and I'll be toast for the whole next day. People are doing this every single day and it's it's unfortunate, you know? And you, you have to figure out how to get, how to raise out of that and go to the next level. And that's why I think nutrition is so important. Mm. If you did start your day with like a super high carb breakfast, like, I don't know, um, oats with heaps of fruit and very low fat and just very, very high carb, like would you, like how would you function like throughout the rest of the day? I think, okay, so carbohydrates, it's just such a bastardized like term, right? Because, um, because it's like you're lumping in, you're lumping in cake and sweet potatoes, yeah. right? You know what I mean? So it's like there's, 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 it's a spectrum. Um, me, like if I start with oats and fruit, um, I haven't done that in so long. I couldn't even tell you, like, I have no reference to know, like, what yeah. that would feel like, but I would probably not feel great. Um, I would probably feel a little sluggish. When, like, would you feel sluggish two hours later or like immediately after? I think, I think two hours later. Yeah. I think I would be like, I would feel pretty good. And I, and I know oats are not terrible. Like, yeah. I think oats are like the, the one like kind of carb food that you can kind of get away with in the morning. Like, it's like the, like the, one of the few carbohydrate foods that you can kind of get away with in the morning. Um, fruit though, man, fruit goes right through me. Like fruits, like it goes in, it has like a quick bang and then it's like, I'm starving, <laughs> you know? Mm. So like, um, and me personally, like I prefer to just not eat early in the morning. Like I, I don't like do long fasts or anything, but like, I just don't like to start my eating my, I love it. Feeding window. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, like we're like lab rats. Like my, I don't like to start my feeding window until, uh, until usually like later in the morning, like 10, 11, um, and usually with like, uh, I don't like to go too hard uh, with the food, but you know, that's, that's me. I know there's people that like, they, like I, I follow all of these athletes on uh, Instagram and I mean, these are, these are high powered, you know, people, high performance and they'll, they'll eat fruit and yogurt in the morning and they, they seem to be doing okay. So. Yeah. I guess obviously it depends. Yeah. It depends on their like activity levels. If they're trained the night before and they couldn't get a big, big meal in before bed or if, they're specifically training for an event or they've got like, you know, a 4k time trial, at like six o'clock at night. Um, that's where I think, right. yeah, it's obviously it's, um, context dependent. So yeah. Um, that's the stuff I love too. I love like the specifics of like what you just said, like timing food for things like mm. my day. It's, it's mostly like in front of the computer, right? Like I get up, I walk, I'll do a workout, whatever, but it's not like, you know, it's not like rigorous long form exercise ever or like a big event. Um, so being consistent is that's just kind of how I roll. But like, yeah, if you've got a, an event coming up where you need to perform and you're like, my, I work better off of carbs, then sure. I just think there's so many people who like they start the day, like they're out of the shoot with just not good carbs, not like oats and berries and stuff, but like, you know, dude, frosted flakes right? Like lucky charm, like this stuff I used to eat. I mean, I was eating that stuff in my twenties. I'm not going to lie, but uh, man, I did not know. I did not know the damage that it was doing. I did not know that like my anxiety was tied to these high, these high sugary, starchy, high fructose corn syrup foods. Do you feel, um, like, do you feel and, like in the early twenties you could sort of get away with it though? Like you could still, oh, 
Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. In your early twenties, man, most, most, you know, guy, I, I can't speak for women because I know women's bodies are very different, but guys, like we can get away yeah. with just the most garbage diets. Like, I mean, the amount of dudes that are just ripped that are like 22 and they just eat just the most horseshit. Like if I ate one thing that they eat in a day, I would be bedridden, you know, for, for a week. So yeah, it, 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 and now that I'm almost 40, it's like, I see how this stuff, tra- cause I used to be the same way when I was like 25 and older dudes, you know, it'd be like the ghost of, of the old guy in the office. It'd be like, you just wait till you're almost 40. You can't eat, you can't eat like that. I'd be like, shut up. What are you talking about? And I just down like a, you know, a double quarter pounder with cheese or something. Um, and not feel it. at the time I didn't think I was feeling anything, but it, mm-hmm. it certainly like eventually added up. And then, um, and then in my late twenties, that's when I that's when it hit me. Yeah. What about your stance on fasting, man? Like, do you? I know you said you don't really feel that hungry in the morning. So, like, do you stretch out your first meal till like I don't know, ten a.m. or something? Yeah, I I usually like to go about eleven o'clock in the morning. Um, and it, it also kind of depends like when I ate the night before. Like, I'm trying to eat earlier, but you know, um, in the night, like I'm sort of scaling everything kind of earlier nowadays. But um. Yeah, like I used to be big into like like hardcore intermittent fasting, you know, like uh, like every like there was a point where I was like f- like a four hour a day eating. I never done the OMAD thing or like one meal a day. Um, I was doing like two at one point. I was fasting for like 18, 19 hours a day and being active too. Um, and I felt good with it. But, you know, I've, I did read some research that was talking about like the deleterious effects of intermittent fasting on um on the gallbladder on bile acid and so that kind of like got me to stop because i was noticing that things were a little uh not right you know in the uh in the bathroom so i was like okay maybe like maybe take the take the gas off this a little bit and i think you know I don't know, man. I feel like it's not the thing that people... I know there's a big trend of fasting in the biohacking space and I get why. And I think it has its time and place. I've done a seven-day fast before and it was it was insane. I can't believe I did it. Um, but would I do it again? Definitely not. I would never tell any... I would never recommend anybody do that. Um, maybe I would do like a, like a day or two or maybe even three, but... Um, yeah, I've really like I've really kind of flipped my stance on fasting over the last uh, couple years. Yeah, I did. Um, I did come across a, a weird study that looked at um the effects of fasting on uh, vitamin D levels, and they showed that a twenty four hour fast was able to lower lower vitamin D by like thirty to forty percent, which yeah. is insane. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely think yeah again time and place with fasting and also. From a performance perspective, a lot of people do feel very, you know, um, energetic, or they have good mental clarity in the morning if they do fast. Uh, maybe they're tapping into ketosis, or um, you know, maybe they're using compounds that actually facilitate um, greater ketone production, like caffeine. Um, I started playing around with spirulina. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. looked into any of the spirulina research or played with spirulina. I no, I I do take spirulina though. I put it in my smoothie in the morning. Yeah, um, I was looking into the the research. Man, it looks phenomenal in terms of. Um, I just sort of brushed it off as like, ah, oh, it's just too mainstream, you know. Like, ah, oh, everyone yeah. knows. And then I'm like, oh, I came back to it. I'm like, oh, okay, this has actually got some nice research. It's 
Do you think it would break a fast? Spirulina? Yeah. Um, I feel like, oh, man, I feel like when you go for the fast, right? Um, if you're going for a long fast, like my, my, my intermittent fat, my daily fast is a little sloppy. Like uh, I do, I used to be hardcore, just only water. And then now I, I like to have a little lemon uh, water in the morning. I feel like that gets my, my, dig- my, my gallbladder juices moving a little bit. Um, and then I'll drink like a little bit of coffee during my fast too. Mm. So, I, but I, I feel like stuff like that, like spirulina, mm, who knows? It, it's all independent, right? Like, it's like people have different glycemic responses to these sorts of things, right? And that's that's the whole point of the fast is to keep your insulin level like negligible so that you can induce autophagy. So it's like, would it break a fast? I mean, no, like nobody would consider taking spirulina while fasting to be any kind of satiation. But at the yeah. same time, like maybe for me, it doesn't spike, doesn't raise insulin, but maybe for you, it does. So um, I would, I would imagine like the only way to check that is like with a, with a CGM or something. Yeah. 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 I think um, I, I'd imagine that like spirulina being very rich in like amino acids, um, and probably very, very low amounts of carbohydrates. I don't know, maybe like 0.2 grams or something. It's probably not going to make a huge difference. Um, but in saying that some of those amino acids have like, um, they're, I guess, insulinogenic, which means they stimulate insulin release. So potentially, I don't know, maybe it might affect, um, cause with fasting, the body's just trying to do like that, uh, nutrient sensing. So it's just sensing like, which nutrients are available in the bloodstream. So I guess perhaps it would have um, a deleterious effect on someone's fast, but something to play around with for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, you also got to kind of balance like, okay, well, what are the benefits and what are the, like, are you going to get a lot of benefit out of spirulina to where, okay, so you break your fast, who gives a shit? (laughs) Right. Like you just got the, you got the benefits of spirulina. Right. Um, It's like, like what like what are we really panicking about with the fasting you know like oh my god did my telomeres uh <laughs> shorten because of spirulina you know like did i did i not did, did cancer cells grow larger you know because i took some spirulina you know like who i see people really like i think the stress of trying to do the perfect fast um is more damaging than like you know, than not doing the fast. Yeah. So for some people, you know, let's, um, let's dive into some of the, um, biohacking fails that you've seen. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what else you've seen out there or mistakes you've seen people make. Like, let's dive into some of those. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like there's just so many out there of like, you know, we were talking about the prime example is the people who like, they don't have the diet lockdown. They don't have the lifestyle lockdown, but man, they are crushing the nootropics and the supplements. And it's like, and then they've still got issues. Um, I think that's, that's enough. That's, that's probably the top biohacking fail. Um, I will say I, uh, I definitely tried to, um, tan, uh, put some, get some sunlight on my balls one time, definitely sunburnt my balls. Uh, that was not fun. Um, yeah, I just think there's I just think there's people hear this term biohacking and I believe Dave Asprey's the one who coined that term. And I think it's a great 
I think it's a great term, but I also think it's a huge marketing term. Mm. And I think that there's no barrier to entry with it. Like you can just go from just being just anybody and just all of a sudden now you're a biohacker, right? Well, what makes you a biohacker? Well, I do all the, I take all the biohacking supplements, you know, I do the intermittent fat. So you're a biohacker now, but like you don't, but you're still like cooking with canola oil and you're still, you know, eating packaged foods and you're not moving throughout the day and, you know, oh, but you got the red, the blue light blocking sunglasses. Okay. You're, you're a biohacker now, right? So. It's it, it. I just think that I just think that the the field of biohacking, it's just so ripe with people. And then it's like, okay, so you have a biohacking amateur, and they're like, oh my god, you know, lines man changed my life. Everybody's gonna have lines man. And then it's like now they're telling people, mm. like advising strangers with no qualifications whatsoever on what works, you know, like, and some of this stuff goes into like, I see it with the prescription drugs, you know, they're like, uh, you know, people saying like, oh yeah, man, take, take modafinil. It's amazing. Take this much modafinil, take this much of, uh, what's, what's the other ones? Um, uh, so some of these other uh, prescription substances, pres- like the heavy nootropics, even the racetams, right? Like, oh my God, take aniracetam, take paracetam, take oxiracetam, take this much of it, dude. That that dose sucks. That dose will do nothing. That's like a that's a loser's dose. Take double that shit. And then people are like, okay, this this stranger that I'm not even friends with on Facebook told me to double my dose. I'm going to start doubling my dose. And then you know they're like, oh, but I can't sleep now because I'm so wired because I've just like just completely smoked my, you know, all my, my acetylcholine receptors, right? Or I'm like dopamine overloaded, I'm serotonin overloaded, right? Like, so, so to me, it's like the biohacking field. It's like, there has to be there. We have to have like some like level like of standards, you know, where it's like, you're not a biohacker unless like you have a good H, uh, uh, A1C, right. Or like your, your glucose, your fasting glucose is like under 90, right? Like, I don't want to take advice from somebody who can't even control their blood sugar, right? Or can't even poop once a day. You know, don't don't sit here and brag to me about some supplement you're taking or some wearable you're wearing and you're constipated, right? Because I don't I, I don't trust you. I don't trust half these people in this space because it's it's just it's all marketing. And I know because I have a lot of affiliate offers, right? Like everybody's trying to make a dollar. And I think it's like how are you making a dollar? Are you just doing it because you're like oh, this product has a good affiliate rate. I'm going to throw it out there. Or are you like, no, I believe in this product. I've used this product. I like this product. And I, here's all the research, you know? Um, so that, like, that's what I, I don't know if this is getting too far off topic of your question, but like, you know, on my site, I look at it kind of like, uh, you know, it's like a blog and it's like a, it's like a store, you know? And it's like the salesman is a really well-researched salesman. Like all of my articles have at least 30 to 50 references on them. They're reviewed by medical professionals, you know? So it's like, if you want information on rhodiola or lion's mane, I have a whole shit ton of references. Like, I'm not just saying like, it's good because it worked for me, but it's like, no, here's like all the peer reviewed literature. It was, re- it was reviewed by a, by a doctor. And in the biohacking space, you just have people that are like, just, Hey man, like just fast, dude, just fast like four days. Like, dude, let's do a fasting challenge. We're all going to fast together. And then if you don't like, I had a friend who tried to do that 
he tried to do a fasting challenge and he's like, we're all going to do the fasting challenge. And then I hit him up a week later. I'm like, dude, how was your fasting challenge? He's like, I lasted literally 12 hours and I passed out. Yeah. You know, and it's like, this is, this is what this whole field is. It's like, nobody has their shit locked down. It's like, right. lock down the basics first, lock down the, lock down the fundamentals. And then, and then do, do the biohacking, do all that stuff and do it one thing at a time, you know, get to a point where you're like, oh man, like, yeah, I, you know, I feel great. I don't need coffee. That's the other thing too in the biohacking community. I don't know if you noticed, but everybody's crazy about coffee. Everyone's like, dude, coffee's a healthy food. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's right up there with kale or like, uh, you know, uh, grass-fed, uh, grass-fed liver. It's like co- coffee's the, it's a, it's a superfood. Like, dude, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but like construction workers drink coffee and smoke cigarettes, you know, are they like, it's like a protein shake, you know? Uh, if you, if you were really buzzing, if you really had your shit locked down, if you were really feeling good, as good as you say you are, because you're a biohacker, you hacked your biology. So it's working optimally. Mm. Why do you need coffee? You don't need yeah. coffee. You know, when you pop out of bed, when you you know, this feeling you pop out of bed, dude, you're ready to go. Like third days, I feel like I'm just shot out of a cannon, you know, and I'm like, bam, drinking water, going for walks, doing exercise, whatever, right? Getting my day going, pounding out articles, pounding out whatever. No coffee. There's like these biohackers, I drink like four cups of coffee. <laughs> I drink four cups of coffee in the morning because it's a health food. It, it induces autophagy. I'm, a, I'm off autophagizing all of my, my cancer cells with all this coffee. Okay, maybe you are, but... I really do feel that like if you were buzzing as hard as you were, as as hard as you think you were, probably wouldn't need all that coffee. Yeah. So that that's my that's my not so subtle rant on biohacking. Uh, definitely, I definitely align there with a lot of what you said in terms of, you know, getting all the fundamentals right first, and then the icing on the cake really is like the nootropics and these fringe compounds. If you want to get like experimental, then for sure, like dive deep. But I think yeah, really, what's going to move the needle the most is honing in on you know diet sleep, exercise, stress management, movement, things like that. So yeah, definitely, I definitely align there. So, um, and the cold exposure too, you, you were asking me about like, what was a big game changer? I just thought of this too. Taking a cold shower every day, man, like that, that's just a thing I've been doing for years at this point. And where I live now, the water is not so cold, but when I was in New York, like cold showers were brutal and it really like rewired my nervous system to where I just felt more resilient. I just felt like super energized. It definitely had like all those effects that people tell you about. I was going out in the middle of the street when it was like, you know, 10 degrees outside, 20 degrees outside shirtless, just walk around, like, let me get some of this cold, you know? Um, do that stuff, right? Like, like challenge your body, really like push yourself. Um, and I think that's a good biohacking thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Eric, I guess that pretty much wraps up the episode. If you want to share, like let, let my audience know where they can find you, where they can connect with you, share your details. Yeah, sure thing, man. I really appreciate uh, you having me on the podcast, Lucas. This was uh, a lot of fun. You're a wealth of knowledge with, uh, you know, with all this stuff. I think you're doing something, uh, something real valuable for the community. So this is a great, uh, a great opportunity to talk uh, about all the things that we chatted about. If you want to know more about me, go to holisticneutropics.com. Um, you can download my free supplement guide. So one thing I did was. I said, hey, people are buying supplements on Amazon and, and going to the store and buying supplements. And I'm just blown away, dude, by a hundred million dollar or a billion dollar, a uh, hundred billion dollar market. 
And like 99% of the stuff, it's just such trash. So I want to help people find better supplements. So you can go to my website and then I have a free guide that shows you basically just all of the ingredients to avoid when you buy supplements. So if you're going on Amazon, you're buying supplements, just have this guide on your desktop. Look at all the, just the different, just the different like preservatives, fillers, flow agents that end up in um, supplements. So you can download that free at holisticnootropics.com. Check out my podcast, Holistic Nootropics as well. And then you can catch me on Instagram. Going to be starting the Instagram channel, Holistic Nootropics this summer, but uh, you can find me at Holistic A-Hole on Instagram. Epic. All right. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll be sure to link those in the, uh, in the show notes, but, um, yeah, Eric, thanks for having, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, man. This was, this was a blast. I, uh, love it. And, uh, thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you everyone for joining in to today's episode for in-depth show notes and lessons learned. Visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.